baby, have a good day, but you know you better call. Everything's just the way she left it. She took my things right off the dresser. Replaced the photo of my ex that was hanging down the hall. Yeah, she's off, I know, but I like her wrong. I lost control a long time ago. And every time we play in the sheets, I wake up with the marks on. One more song before we chat to whiskey expert John Rhodes about the Hong Kong Whiskey Festival. This is Nikki Your featuring Daisy with Sunroof.
down the freeway at night. I only got one thing in the back of my mind. I'm feeling like this might be my time to shine with you, with you, with you. I got my head out this sunroof. I'm dancing my favorite tunes. RTHK. Welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday morning. And I'm really excited for our next guest because it's been a really long time. And I'd like to welcome back on the program the one and the only John Rhodes, whiskey expert. John, it's been so long since I've spoken to you. How have you been? (laughs) Oh, um, yeah, it's been, what, three years, something like that? It's been ages, right? It has um, been. we are live, by the way, on Facebook. I'd love for our listeners to join us there. Noreen oh. Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. And you'll be able to see and hear John here, uh, who's uh, really here to talk a little bit, more, well, of course, about whiskey, but also about the Hong Kong Whiskey Festival, which has really been taking a break because of of, of the pandemic. And, and you just had that. How was it? What was the, the outcome of it all? How do I put this? This is the morning after the morning after. So- <laughs> So it's, it's a bit like that. So this this is, um, yeah, it was great. It was, uh, for the first time, we went uh, straight into a, a, a two-day festival, um, which was, uh, you know, we hadn't done that before. We'd always sort of crammed it into one day. Uh, so on the Saturday, I spent my whole day catching up with everyone. <laughs> it was, uh, I thought I was actually going to be doing more with helping out, with, you know, introducing the whiskeys, talking to people, all this kind of thing. Um, and I ended up getting uh, really sore legs just walking around media. I couldn't, you know, and everyone was doing the same thing. You know, it was just total catch-up time. Um, and uh, and it was quite an intense day. It was really, really, it was fairly well packed out. Uh, they had to stop selling tickets probably about three days before, I think, something like that. I started getting messages on my phone saying, hey, can you get us any tickets? You know, so, no, sorry. It's awful. Wow. So there, there really is a, a thirst for it. Really, people are uh, so excited for events to come back yeah, we need to a Hong bit Kong. For ourselves. Yeah, I was saying that there's a real thirst for it. People are really wanting these events yeah, to come was... back. Oh, they do. I mean, this was okay. The the first main thing that we had was like the seven that uh, was it last October, November last year, and uh, that was like the first big event for Hong Kong. Uh, and this one, I think, is another. I wouldn't, it's not on the same level, obviously, but it's like one of the big independent events to actually happen. Um, and it was extremely well attended. People, as usual, well behaved. Um, and we were just watching uh, we a lot of familiar faces, uh, but also a lot of new faces. And especially on the female side, uh, there was more women than in previous years. And it's always been a good attendance. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's it's been really nice. Um I think, yeah, and also seeing some new, new, uh, basically new whiskeys, hearing a little bit of industry gossip. Um, yeah, so, you know, during the last three years, I mean, I, we did tastings, we did private tastings, we did Zoom tastings, which um, they were awful. <laughs> Zoom <laughs> you, tastings? You can't, you can't <laughs> yeah, you, you're doing the tasting on Zoom, right? And you've got, you know, you, you see it from your side when you're doing, a, uh, let's say, the host of the meeting and you've got all these like little squares. And it's really hard to connect to people. So the, the first one we did was a logistical nightmare because we 
I was determined not to allow people to have their, their you know, we sent out, uh, I think, five wee bottles in a box off to them. Um, and I, I said, okay, well, we're going to get it to them on the day of the meeting so that they couldn't sneak, a, basically sneak a dram before the actual thing happened, right? Um, and that was in, well, the theory was good, but, well, yeah, <laughs> trying to get that out to everyone. And that was, you know, that was probably about, God, that was two years ago now. Uh, so that was how we started out with COVID. Um, we didn't do too many of those, but we did where we could and where we were allowed to. Uh, we did some private tastings. Um, and uh, yeah, and then also we opened another shop, I think, right at the beginning. I can't remember if we said this. So we've opened, we have another one. We still have our one in Banchai. Um, and now we're in the basement of the peninsula. Uh, so this is this is a it's a larger space and, and we can have some more fun there. But industry gossip, well, I'm uh, sorry, industry news. Uh, <laughs> let's just put it that way. Um, yeah, we you know Hong Kong has opened up now, and we are starting to see people coming in uh, from Thailand, South Korea, Japan, and then mainland China. So yeah, there's definitely an influx of people, and that's happening. Uh, you know, but unfortunately, not so many at the show. Um, I don't think they're expecting to get quite so many people wanting to join into the show. Uh, and and doing the two days was pretty good because day number two was far more relaxed. Uh, and it was just nice. You know, it was just nice. You know, it was simple. And I suppose with a two-day event, something that's a bit longer, people feel more that they can return to it. Uh, speaking of sort of uh, uh, guests from Thailand and Korea, were there many international uh, people flying in for the whiskey uh, festival? Or were there a lot more local we had, people? We had, I think, there's, yeah, we saw a few people coming in. Um, and probably the most, actually, there was a couple of things that we happened at the, uh, at the whiskey festival. There was a very soft, let, let's say, a quiet, um, once, yeah, like a launch, like Hong Kong Gin Festival. Uh, so this is an area that they set aside uh, just for gin, and they brought in a guest bartender, a guy called Steve from Australia. Uh, now, there's not many people in my life that I actually have to look up to physically, uh, and Steve is an absolute giant. But he's also really good with his cocktails, and he has his own gins. So he was brought in as a guest. So he took over um, uh, the bar at, at the hotel. So he had that uh, as well. So I think, uh, you know, watch this space for the Hong Kong Gin Festival, uh, like a full-on proper one, similar to the Whiskey Festival. When is that? Uh, no dates yet. No dates yet. No dates yet. We're, we're looking at, uh, or they're, they're going to be looking at, um, yeah, they're going to have to look at schedules and so on. It might not even be till next summer. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but... But that was the other side, you know, it's like, yeah, that's why, why shouldn't you do gin? Gin's been such a, you know, big thing. I was going to say, um, gin is really going. popular here in Hong Kong. Well, from, from my own observation, I'm not, you know, I, haven't, I don't have any data. Uh-huh. But from your own observation, you're a gin <laughs> enthusiast too, uh, John, as well as a whiskey enthusiast. Um, what's more popular, in your opinion, in Hong Kong you've seen over the years? Blimey. Um, yeah, I mean, when, right. When, Hong, when we first started with uh, whiskey, you know what Hong Kong's like. It's very, it follows trends and then trends die. Yes. Um, and whiskey's still going. Um, and gin sort of has gone through a similar kind of phase where you've now just, you know, the explosion of gin and gin distilleries all over the place. These are the precursors to uh, a new wave of whiskey coming up, probably in, say, about five years' time. Uh, so let's say, for example, um, in England, I think there used to be just one or two distilleries, uh, whiskey distilleries there. 
Now there's about 40. Oh, wow. Never heard of them. But they're producing gin because they need to produce something that they can actually keep going with whilst they're doing the whiskey. So you're seeing a lot of that and a lot of smaller uh, distilleries in Scotland as well. Um, and yeah, the opening of new distilleries, albeit small ones, continues. So I, it, to me, it seems like there's a lot more of, um, let's say, like a, a local approach to it. Um, and I think that's very much the case in places like the USA. So, and then, no, yeah, now you've got me talking about the USA. So they're starting to produce single malts uh, from US. They're well known for bourbon and all this kind of stuff. And finally, finally, they've twigged that they have all these casks and they, they can, can make, make you know, proper decent whiskey instead of that stuff. <laughs> Any Americans out there? <laughs> um, no, no, that's that's probably a bit unfair. But it, yeah, they, for years I've never understood why they haven't also done single malts because you know a lot of these barrels go over to the Scottish industry anyway. And they have um, the and they're, you're starting there. to see them. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. But in the USA, it seems there's okay. You get some maybe it's really just they don't. Guys, it's uh, just they don't so like cool. the, the the taste of it so much. Maybe they just prefer the other taste rather than single malt. Yeah, maybe the, the, I mean, the USA used to be, uh, between the USA and France, they were the biggest markets for single malt oh, uh, okay. for Scotland, uh, between the two of them, um, whether it's one, I think France on volume, USA on value, depending on how you looked at it. And they, they kind of maybe sort of swapped here and there. But those are the two countries that absolutely go for it. Um, so I think over to like the big whiskey wave that, you know, really sort of started at, say, roughly... 10, 12 years ago, something like that. Um, it, it kind of swept across the USA and that sort of created the palette for single malt. Uh, and of course, as a lot of guys realized, yeah, let's just make our own. Uh, so hopefully, oh, there wasn't, I didn't see any at the show, uh, but I've just sort of seen one or two popping up here and there online. Um, of course, they usually go for the local market there. Uh, but uh, let's see what happens maybe give it another couple of years uh you, you start to see more of those um who else is doing south korea has a single malt distillery now and i think they've done the first bottling maybe last year or something like that i would love to get my hands on that um and china uh china uh, there's a single malt distillery that's bottling i think sometime this year uh so that's another one is, is to look at so you're starting to see a little bit more you know around but, you know, they're, they're going for the single malt side of things. Um, having said that, in Scotland, there's a little bit more of a push towards doing a blend uh, or blended malts. And some of those are superb. Uh, and then the same thing again, we're going into grain. How popular is um, whiskey across in the mainland then, John? I think we may have just uh, dropped out of the connection. We are talking uh, to John Rhodes, a whiskey expert, this morning uh, about the Hong Kong Whiskey Festival, which happened uh, over the weekend. Uh, we are also live on Facebook. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. And um, I think we've got John back um, at the moment. John, I was uh, just, <laughs> it's okay, sorry. I was just asking, what's the sort of appreciation uh, across the border in, in the mainland? Um, how popular is whiskey there it's still going um and it's doing you know still growing the palette i think it's still i think just across it's not just the, the mainland it's really across asia the palette is still um well it's just it's essentially it's this kind of stuff like that it's like you know the very very dark uh sherry style whiskies um 
and it's it is still that palette. Uh, but what's also interesting is because you know obviously we've worked with single uh, single cast bottlings since the word go with independent bottlers. Um, and I think you remember Andrew Lane came on the show like five six years ago. Yes. Uh, he turned up um, oh. as well. He was he was around. But because he wasn't officially working, he could actually take much more advantage in swanning around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get him to work for us, but um, but yeah, he's, he's around in town. Um, so yeah, you're asking how many other people coming through. Um, not too many at the moment, uh, but there's a lot of other whiskey festivals going on. And it, it's like a circuit. It's kind of starting up again. Uh, so a, it'll probably take another year for the thing. We've got a minute before the, the the news, John. So when people come to the whiskey festival, how willing are they to try new taste and new, new whiskey, or do they sort of go for the same stuff that they're used to having because that that's the that's a flavor they enjoy? Now people try it; they go for it. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, they, they, that's the whole point of the festival. I mean, when we set the thing up, it was all about that. It was you know you get the experience, um, and there's an awful lot of stuff out there some of it's really old some of it's really rare um and some of it is really young um and just new so there's there's a huge sort of range of stuff um what was the most expensive whiskey at the festival then and did you manage to try any uh, <laughs> it's behind you am i gonna am i allowed to do this we've got the minute Right there, you go. I know it's I know it's all written backwards, but this is a, a Glenfiddich. Uh, it's a fifty-three-year-old. Wow! So it's not it's not rare like, because of its looks age. Looks like soy sauce. It's, it's, it's so dark. Oh yeah, I mean this stuff is yeah tremendous. So that I, I would boast that one. I mean you know <laughs> uh, if you got like a quarter of a million dollars, uh, feel free. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, we only sold one bottle. So. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, so there's people willing to try it, and it tastes pretty good. It's quite an interesting one. I've had a go, but uh, not officially does. Excellent. Well, John, it's always a pleasure. Always so much fun to have you on the program. I'm really glad that events are coming back to Hong Kong. There needs to be uh, more, yeah, more of it, and I'll have to get you back perhaps uh, when we talk about the Gin Festival, hopefully uh, soon, very soon. Yeah, <laughs> let's discuss that. Watch this space. Right, cheers, Marie. Thank you so much for your time today. And that's John Rhodes uh, chatting a little bit more about the Hong Kong Whiskey Festival.